some people are surprised and people will say, you know, I see that sign in front of your church and I figured, well, it's just for people that don't have any money. And we say, no, it's not. It's for anybody that would like a nice meal. It's almost just like a supermarket. You can actually pick and choose what you want. So we try to give them a selection of variety of things that they can actually pick from. Well, they're like gold, you know, very rare. I didn't know there were such people that volunteered at times. One time I didn't know, but now I know there are people like that. Welcome to episode two of Hunger in Hamden, a production of the Quinnipiac University podcast studio. I'm Chris Rausch, Dean of Quinnipiac University School of Communications. In episode one, we looked at how hunger and food insecurity impacts the lives of people living in Hamden, Connecticut, where an estimated one in eight people don't have reliable or consistent access to nutritious food. In this episode, we're going to take you to two places on different ends of Dixwell Avenue that are on the front lines of working to make sure no one goes hungry. Our first stop is the ML Keefe Community Center and its innovative approach to the traditional food pantry. The Keefe Center, ML Keefe Center, has been actually a blessing. They've been here for me, and I love each and every one of them my own special way. It's not so much what the Keefe Center means to me, it's what they're doing for me, you know. As far as my situation now, you know, I wouldn't, you know, they, they're here, they're, they're, this is the best thing that ever happened to him then. To me, it's a big help, because like I said, I'm raising my great grants, diapers cost, I'm on a fixed budget, and then um, food don't last. You gotta come here and get some help somewhere. You got to feed, you know? Driving or walking down Dixwell Avenue in South Hamden, you'll see a large red brick building between George and Pine Streets. For many people, 11 Pine Street simply blends into the background of the neighborhood. When I first saw it, I thought it was a church, and then I thought it was a school. What is this building back here? When you, let me tell you what people think it is. Think about it. you coming down Dixwell, you seeing the little kids coming out of nursery, you think it's a little school. But it's not. The M. L. Keefe Community Center is a one-stop place for Hamden residents to find educational, recreational, and social services to help them become or maintain their self-sufficiency. That means helping with things like avoiding evictions, paying utility bills, applying for food stamps and other benefits, providing job training, arts programs, and more, all to help the whole person. But one of the Keith Center's most impactful services is its food pantry. Instead of standing in line to get handed boxes of pasta, canned goods, or other leftovers people have donated, the Keefe Center's clients shop like they would if they were in a grocery store. Town officials say this client choice model helps get more and better food to the people who need it most. I'm Adam Sendroff. I'm the Community Development Manager. I'm responsible for the Keefe Community Center, the town departments here, which are community development, community services, and youth services. My name is Isaiah Lopes. I oversee the community services here for the town of Hamden. I actually coordinate the services and we do provide a food pantry. We distribute food three days a week in the client choice model by appointment. And client choice is people could go through and kind of have a shopping experience. It's almost just like a supermarket. You know, we don't have as much as a supermarket, but they have a variety that they can actually choose from. And we try to make it more hands-on with the client choice where 
the same thing when you're in the supermarket you can actually pick and choose what you want so we try to give them a selection of variety of things that they can actually pick from and what I'm seeing now a lot of clients are very appreciative because when they are coming in taking the food if they don't really want something or they know they're not going to eat it they won't take it and they'll say maybe someone else wants this even when we have food on the table that's been donated and it's free they'll just say hey somebody else might want that extra box of macaroni and cheese I'm not going to take it it cuts down on food waste they could pick out food they know they'll want to eat they could pick things that are more culturally appropriate for them we don't want there to be any stigma for anybody coming here and we maintain privacy we definitely want them to feel comfortable because sometimes it's not just the food insecurities it may be something else going on it may be a utility or rental issue as well but what we try to do is let them know like hey we're here to help you but the Keefe Center's food pantry doesn't stop with just providing food to Hamden residents in need. Those who stop by can also learn what foods they should be eating and what foods they should avoid. We try to provide educational and nutritional and wellness. We try to tie all that in because some of our clients have diabetes, so we want to educate them on what foods to eat. If you were to look at a map of diabetes in the QVHD, the Quinnipiac Valley Health District, the biggest spikes in diabetes rates are in Southern Hamden. We want to make sure that we're encouraging healthier eating, we're providing nutrition counseling. We've had the Hispanic Health Conference in here doing nutritional programming. We are having UConn Extension School this fall coming in to do more nutritional programming, combined with financial literacy efforts too. So when people come here, it could be a fresh start and make sure that they're on a, a good route to be healthy. We implemented SWAP, which is some support and wellness at pantries. It's almost like a red, yellow, and green light system where it tells the client what foods that they should eat, which is green, yellow, you should eat this sometime, red, you should try to stay away from it, but it's really okay to eat. And what we notice with the SWAP program is that a lot of the clients that can't afford certain nutritional foods in the regular supermarkets, they were taking all the green. So that what that told us that they were actually educating ourselves, wanting to eat healthy. We've also had to try to convey that message to our donors too, because we want them to donate foods that are lower in sodium, lower in sugar, that are healthier too. For people who can't make it to 11 Pine Street, the Keefe Center also has two mobile pantry sites, one at the Hassan Islamic Center at 870 Dixwell Avenue and another at the Christ Bread of Life Church at 321 Circular Avenue. They're also working on getting a third mobile truck with the help of the Connecticut Food Bank. But the most exciting thing they're working on is a unique partnership with the United Way and Quinnipiac University's Albert Schweitzer Institute which will allow the food pantry to grow its own vegetables. We're about to embark on a community garden. We have a grant from the United Way of Greater New Haven to start a community garden here at the Keefe Community Center to grow produce that'll go right back into the food bank. Five months ago, I actually did a survey with the clients attending the food pantry to find out what produce they actually wanted to have and actually see grow in our community garden. So a lot of them, potatoes, um, onions, cucumbers, broccoli. Um, I think the number one was like lettuce and we had cabbage. So we had about 13 to 
so about 15 different vegetables to pick from. Our public works department's going to build it, and the Albert Schweitzer Institute, led by Professor Sean Duffy, they're going to be the entity responsible for it, to grow the produce, to organize volunteers from Quinnipiac and from the community as well. I'm Sean Duffy, and I'm the executive director of the Albert Schweitzer Institute. And the Institute is charged with perpetuating the legacy of Albert Schweitzer, the 1952 Nobel Peace Prize laureate, on campus and in the wider world. Community gardens are a wonderful way of starting to grow and produce high-quality, nutritious food right where it's most needed in the neighborhoods that are struggling with food insecurity. One of the things that I'd like to think that the Schweitzer Institute can do is to help bridge for students the divide between learning about something in the classroom and then feeling personally effective in addressing some of the issues or problems that, that they are concerned about. I will designate one of the student employees at the Schweitzer Institute to manage that program, which will be largely oriented around simply raising volunteers from the Quinnipiac community to go and help to work in the garden to raise this food. It's our hope that this community garden will actually become a true community asset and will also engage members of the community and perhaps in future stages of this garden will also make space available to community members to grow food for themselves. Some Keefe Center clients are already looking forward to the opportunity. The garden would be excellent. We'll draw people together because they're out there working. And just, just, that's just like watching the baby go, just watching your work. And then when you see, when you see, you'll see, you'll see something that you've done that's prospering, that's a good feeling. Oh, I'm definitely going to be in that. It'll give me a place to come and do and work for the community and, and for myself. If I can come in and plant some tomatoes, collard greens, some kale, it'll give me something to do and to help other people. The more people, the more things that they can provide us with. Construction on the community garden will begin in late summer 2019. For more information on the ML Keefe Community Center and its programs, or to volunteer at the food pantry, Hamden residents can call them at 203-562-5129 or simply dial 211. A few miles away from the Keefe Center, on the corner of Dixwell and Whitney Avenues, across from Town Hall, there's a small church with a sign that's difficult to miss. It says you can get a dinner for a dollar every Friday night from 6 to 7 at Grace and St. Peter's Episcopal Church. People see our sign outside and pass by it for a few times before they actually come in. And some people have the mistaken impression that it's a soup kitchen and you've got to stand in line and this type of way. Some people are surprised and people will say, you know, I see that sign in front of your church and I figured, well, it's just for people that don't have any money. And we say, no, it's not. It's for anybody that would like a nice meal. So yes, when you go by here and see dinner for a dollar, it's dinner for a dollar. And it's, it's top-notch stuff. You're full when you walk out of here. And if you're not full, it's not their fault. The price of a dinner's not bad. And <laughs> well, you go by and get a dinner for a dollar, a nice dinner, and dessert. Every time it's a different, different dinner. And uh, the, the uh, dinners are amazing. You <laughs> pay a dollar for it. and. Uh, if you went to a restaurant, it would be, uh, you know, many times that you usually get ham or, or roast beef or something like that. It's a great dinner, and uh, uh, they give us 
uh, some things like bread and uh, pastries to take home even after. It's a well-balanced meal with vegetable, protein. There's even a dessert. You like the desserts, right, Natalia? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's, a, it's a nice, it's a lovely meal. She enjoys coming. You know, she looks forward to it. She looks forward to playing with her friends, eating the dessert. Because <laughs> you like the dessert a lot. Well, you just say that again. Oh, I said it twice, you're right. said it twice. Grace in St. Peter's has held the Dinner for a Dollar event every Friday night for almost a decade, only canceling it once because of a blizzard that dropped 40 inches of snow on Hamden. Volunteers do everything from planning the meal to buying the food, to cooking it, serving it, and cleaning up afterward, all for as many as 50 to 60 guests. I'm Bob Bergner. I am the priest in charge here at Grayson St. Peter's Church. I'm Allison Batson. I've been a parishioner at Grayson St. Peter's for over 10 years, and I am the children's Sunday school director. We are at 2927 Dixwell Avenue in Hamden. And we're here every Friday night at 6, 6 to 7 for the meal. At about 20 to 6, there was already 20 people here. And even at quarter after 5, when I came downstairs, there were already 10 people here. You should stick around for dinner tonight. It looks pretty good. Barbecue yeah. chicken, some uh, West Indian rice and peas, and then roasted vegetables, diced roasted vegetables, and ice cream and waffles for dessert, and coffee, tea, iced tea. The idea for Dinner for a Dollar came when parishioners noticed a need in the community. We've been doing this for eight years. So eight years ago, there was no data about hunger in Hamden or anything. But anecdotally, I know of people who were struggling with keeping groceries and things like that. There was that economic downturn, and there were people who were just paying their mortgage and paying their car, car note and still were struggling, even though they looked like they were prosperous. And we had a conversation, and we said, you know, we have this kitchen here, and we have this space here. If you can feed one person, you can feed 50 people, so why don't we try to see if we can do it? We tried it out on our parishioners first to give it like a trial run, and it was like very, very slow start. First day we had three people, although we had cooked for like 50. So, I mean, it was a little disappointing, but it very quickly gained momentum. So, and here we are eight years later, still going strong. One of the great things about this ministry is, yes, it does feed those who are in need of food, but the amazing addition to that is that this is a community-building ministry and that this is a wonderful family of people who have grown up around this Friday night dinner. So not just people who explicitly need an extra meal every week, but people who are just looking for some social interaction that they might not have otherwise, some elderly people who perhaps feel isolated in their homes and can perhaps provide themselves with food, but food isn't all that life is about, and so they come out to have some social interaction. People who bring their kids here because it's a fun place to bring your kids on a Friday night. Sometimes the parents of those kids will take it upon themselves to plan an activity down here for them, or they just run around after they eat. We have musicians here, we have one guy who plays the accordion, I play the piano sometimes, sometimes we do some singing together, so it's really much, much more than just giving people Absolutely. a warm meal on a Friday night. And that's an essential component of this, is really gathering people together around a meal to enrich our spirits and make connections. We've formed this community here 
and it's not just about here we're giving you some food we all know each other and even if it's your first time coming now you're also part of this community and people feel welcome that's just an extension of our church actually making people feel welcome so when you come to dinner for a dollar for whatever reason if you're coming for companionship if you're coming because you want to stretch your budget it doesn't matter when you come you're part of the community so come early stay for dinner <laughs> enjoy the community and that's exactly why people from all walks of life say they come. I enjoy coming here because there's a lot of fellowship that goes on. I look forward to it because I live alone and fellowship and being social keeps you active and mentally alert and cheerful. This is not typically what you think of as a soup kitchen. We talk to each other, which is not what happens at a soup kitchen. And it's Everything I've ever heard in here has always been cheerful, uplifting, and there's no mean talking and stuff like that. It's a really friendly bunch of people from various different backgrounds and places. We keep getting caught up on what we talked about last week, what we did this week, uh, what's happening in our lives, and it's, it feels like family. But I like to, I enjoy being with the people the most. I talk to the friends that are here just about what's going on in town and what's going around, what's going on in, in the neighborhood. It's beautiful. I really enjoy it a lot. The warm atmosphere, people are very friendly. It's more like a, a reunion type thing. Each week we come here. A wonderful place, beautiful people. They have an excellent pastor here that makes you, make you feel you know, like you're welcome even though you're a stranger. Become a stranger, you leave us a friend. Come here is like charging your batteries. If you're, you know, like in a slump, the ground, people are friendly, you know, conversational, laugh and joke. You know, liven you up. I love the place. It's a wonderful community. I mean, it's very warm and inviting, and I feel comfortable to bring my daughter here. It's a safe environment. She enjoys playing with your friends here, too. So it's, it's a great um, experience. I would encourage other people to come down, not just for the food, but for the fellowship. But none of this could happen without the hard work of a dedicated group of volunteers who take pride in serving others and making everyone feel welcome. Our group of volunteers is also a community because these people come every Friday after working all day or who's retired or who's, you know, like they, they have other things they could be doing. But we have a core group of volunteers that come and are very enthusiastic and are very warm and giving and the community is what brings us all together. Many of the people here work in the food business but uh, they still come down here and do this and uh, it's great. <laughs> During special occasions of the year they have the Quinnipiac students actually serve us and I think that's part of their community project that they have to do to graduate and that's really nice because they're actually here the Friday after Thanksgiving Christmas week, New Year's week, I don't think I've ever known time when they weren't here on a, on a Friday night. Well, they're like gold, you know, very rare. I didn't know there were such people that volunteered at times, you know, like a ministry type thing. That's why I call it ministry, to help, you know, do love and help other people. Now, I, one time I didn't know, but now I know there are people like that. My name is Mary Ellen Porcelli, and I've lived in Hamden for nine years. 
first I came myself as a guest on a Friday night and I really liked it. We had a good crew in the kitchen. So the next Friday night I was here and said, okay, I'm here to help. And uh, I did the help wash the dishes and serve. And then I stepped up and said, you know, I think I could make dinner for 50, 60 people. <laughs> it was a little daunting at first, but now it's, it's not a big deal. I'm Cindy Turner. I work in the kitchen. I furnish the desserts every week, and I've been with this since we started eight and a half years ago. And I'm Susan O'Connell. I've been doing this for five years. It's nice because many of our people that come for dinner, we'll see in the community. So we've created, it's a friendship. We've had elderly people who have lost a spouse and come down every week because it's somebody to be with. They're not food insecure, but they come for the socialization. What I like to do, if I'm not working in the kitchen. If I see somebody new come in, I'll talk to them and I'll try to bring them to a table so and introduce them so they don't feel funny that they have to sit alone. It doesn't take much to help somebody. Sometimes it's just sitting and listening. And then when they get a good meal and a nice dessert, it's really a good thing. It builds community. And we, we really make a very good nourishing meal. Everything's homemade. What I make that people like is Swedish meatballs with red cabbage, and I was a little wondering, are these people going to eat red cabbage? You know, it went over great. People said, we don't get this kind of stuff. We don't make it for ourselves. You know, so some of those old-fashioned, old-fashioned type of, of uh, food that people really like. They like, and this group loves bread and butter with all the meals. You have to have bread and butter. We have a parishioner who owns Cake Works, and she is a baker, and she makes specialty cakes to order, and she provides desserts. So they not only get a good dinner, but they get a really nice homemade dessert. And it's sometimes it's apple spice cake or a bundt cake. Sometimes it's cookies. Sometimes it's uh, a tart, sometimes it's, and the cookies, and everything is homemade. If you come the day after Thanksgiving or the Friday after Christmas, we have 120, 130 people here. It's amazing. It's an amazing night. Thanksgiving is a full turkey dinner with all the fixings and table service. We have tablecloths, candles on the tables. They're served at their table. And it's... Uh, it's the only holiday meal they'll have. And uh, it's, it's, it's really a wonderful ministry. It brings people together, and I think the staff likes it as much as, the, as our participants. It's a lot of work, but it's work that we love. And if we don't make it for some reason, you feel like you're missing something. And despite all the work that goes into providing dinner for a dollar every Friday, Grace and St. Peter's is planning on expanding to reach people in other parts of Hamden. We have been participating in the Hamden Food Security Task Force, and one of the projects that the task force has taken on is an expansion of Dinner for Dollar, both on site in other locations, but also the notion of acquiring a Dinner for Dollar food truck or food trailer, and then preparing the food here and bringing it around to other sites in Hamden. The other nights of the week are covered besides just Friday and other locations. We are on a bus line here, but for some people in certain parts of Hamden, it's not easy to get here. And so we want to bring the food to where the people are, people who are in need of food and community, and to serve them in that way. So it would be really cool if we could recreate this community in different parts of town, where it's clearly needed, and 
I think we would get a really, really good response. I really do. I think it would even draw the town together. You know, in this rough political climate, I think it's important that people know that we are all in this together, regardless of how you think, vote, believe. We are all in this together. We are all neighbors. And so if we could spread that around and do it through food, all the better. If you'd like to volunteer at dinner for a dollar or stop by for a great meal, dinner is served every Friday evening from 6 to 7 at 2927 Dixwell Avenue in Hamden. More information is on its website, graceandstpeters.org. Thanks for listening to Hunger in Hamden, a project of the Quinnipiac University podcast studio. This episode was reported and produced by Professor Ben Bergardis of Quinnipiac University's Journalism Department. Be sure to check out Episode 3, where we see how Quinnipiac University faculty, staff, and students are making a difference helping fight food insecurity on and off campus. Special thanks go out to Adam Sindroff, Isaiah Lopes, and the staff at the M.L. Keefe Community Center, Bob Bergner, Allison Batson, and the many volunteers and guests at Grace and St. Peter's Episcopal Church. Jason Martinez in the United Way of Greater New Haven and its report, Facts and Faces, Food Hardship in Hamden, Quinnipiac University President Judy Olian, Vice President and Chief of Staff Bethany Zimba, Professor Sean Duffy of QU's Albert Schweitzer Institute, Professors Suzanne Hud and Amy Walker, and students in her Hunger Project course who did additional reporting for this podcast, Vincent Cotrucci of Quinnipiac University's Office of Community Service, Daquan Stuckey, and many others. For more information on Quinnipiac University, go to our website, qu.edu.